music. Yes, it is I, your favorite talk show host in the entire world. So, where do we begin today? I got a whole bunch of notes. I, I don't know what we can get to. Uh, rather, it's FBI, um, the uh, the Tony. How do you say your name? Lyron, the Tony Lyron. That to me is a I told you so. The Tony uh, Lyron is I told you so. Remember, we talked about the whole uh, Milo and, and Bill Maher and going on those liberal shows and having the liberals beat the crap out of you. And we said, that's what happens when you're not a real conservative, when it's an act. And, of course, we were right. But we got that. We got oh, Comey. Of course, we have the new, uh, the new poll that everybody likes to talk about, which, listen, how the hell can anybody talk about polls when for 16 months every poll that came out got where we are today wrong and not a little wrong but a big wrong bigly wrong I mean seriously how does anybody look at polls and go oh well Take a look at the president's approval rating. Take a look at that. That's bad news. Take a look at look what the Gallup poll approval rating is. Take a look. He's at thirty-seven percent. Oh, this is this is horrible. Well, every poll said Hillary Clinton was going to win not by two points, not by three points, but every poll said Hillary Clinton was going to win. By 10 to 12 points. And when you hear people go, oh, yeah, but the national polls, it tightened up. And if you look at the popular vote and the the polls were actually right. No, 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 no. Stop. Stop. Just stop. Go look at where those polls were as it pertained to Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Florida. Every single one of those polls had Hillary winning huge. Every single one of those polls. And now going reverse. Take a look at those polls uh, versus Ted Cruz. I remember the night before, I think the second Super Tuesday, one of the big contests, the NBC Survey Monkey came out that had Ted Cruz up. Nationally, he was actually up. And that was the big story going into uh, the election the next day. Oh, Ted Cruz, he takes the lead. Ted Cruz. The next day, Ted Cruz gets clobbered. He gets clobbered. Trump cleans up. And then, of course, the next NBC survey monkey that comes up, Trump's back up on Cruz by Six, seven, eight points. It was BS. It was a BS poll. It was a poll to try to drive excitement and voters to Ted Cruz. Because at that point, never Trumpers were freaking out. 
Democrats, uh, you know, they, they were starting to freak a little. They were starting to go, hey, could this Trump thing be real? Because let's face it, if Ted Cruz won against Hillary, Ted Cruz would never have won Pennsylvania. Ted Cruz would never have won Ohio. Ted Cruz would never have won Michigan. As close as those races were, and Trump eked it out by 100,000 votes or 150,000 votes, that would have been for Hillary. In Pennsylvania, forget about it. Ted Cruz wouldn't have won Pennsylvania. Not in a million, zillion, gajillion years. So here we are back to polls. Donald Trump's approval rating is 37%, while 58% of the Americans disapprove. Okay. All right. All right. We got you. We got you. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. And I'll tell you something. As political as I am, and I'm 43, I've been in the game for a while. Not in the political game, but in the I'm a human, I vote, you know, that type of game. I've never been polled once. I've never been polled. My girlfriend's never been polled. She's new to being a human. She's only 20 voting since she was 18 and you know, donating $20 to this cause and, you know, being part of different civic uh, things that are happening. But she's never been pulled. I've never been pulled. She's never been pulled. My dad, 79 years old, diehard liberal, he's never been pulled. So the polls are always trip me out because every single one of us knows Not one, not two, not three, maybe five people that will tell you they've never been polled. So you go, well, where do these polls come from? Where where do they get these 1,500 national? That's what this was. It was a poll based on telephone interviews with about 1,500 national adults and it had a margin of error of three percentage points. Again, it, to, to listen to polls and narratives uh, and, and, and programs where one, two, three segments are all about the polls, it, it's, it's like a Friday the 13th movie. It, it's a Freddy Krueger movie. It's like, hey, hey, haven't we heard this before? Haven't we seen this before? And it's the exact same people. It's the exact same people. It's your Essie Cups and your Anna Navarro and your Van Jones and your Dana Bash, Gloria Borsch. It's all the same suspects who seven months ago would go, according to the polls, Uh, Donald Trump has absolutely no chance 
absolutely no chance. What do you think, Van Jones? I got to tell you, there's not enough white people in the United States to put Trump in the office. It's not a... It's a, it's a repeat. <laughs> we're, on, we're on the repeat. We're on the repeat. These exact same people five months ago, seven months ago, ten months ago. We're all examining these exact same polls. So these exact same polls that were going off whatever outdated models and skewed demographics, these exact same polls, Gallup, CNN, ORC, are back at it with approval ratings and, and, you know, job performance. And we're all supposed to go, well, you were all so wrong before, but now you're all so right. Come on, man. (laughs) Come on. Historically low. Donald Trump's approval rating is historically low. Historically low. Aside from the controversy over Trump's wiretapping claim, the latest poll numbers suggest growing, growing dissatisfaction following the chaotic rollout of the Republicans' plan to replace the Affordable Care Act and the reaction to his travel ban that has faced stiff legal opposition. These people are the same polling people that last week put out a poll that said, the majority of the American people are in favor of amnesty. When did, where did all these people come from? The new CNN ORC poll says 68% of the American people want amnesty. They, they don't believe illegals should be deported. What, when did, what, what is going on? <laughs> As Jake Tapper continues his, his, uh, his late-night media blitz. This jerk-off was on Bill Maher over the weekend. This jerk-off was on Bill Maher. I love listening to, to Bill Maher, Tapper, all, all the Democrats. Why did Trump win? Because CNN and MSNBC broadcasted his rallies. They broadcasted his rallies without interruption. So that's how he won. <laughs> that's how he won. Really, that that's how he won. I mean, they they still they still grasp a that their, uh, you know, their their media stranglehold this time around didn't work. Now I'm not saying we've slayed Goliath. We just beat him one time. Okay, we just beat him one time. We might never beat him again, but this one time we did. So they they still can't get their brains around their stranglehold uh, on the way people think and the way people act and, uh, you know, rather social issues or, you know, whatever. They still can't get their brains around the fact that it didn't work for them. 
it, it didn't work. So, so it's hard for them to, to just come to terms with. So rather it's Russians hacking, uh, 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 colluding with Russia. Well, they played the rallies in its entire rallies. I mean, you got to think about this. If the whole concept is Trump is a buffoon, Trump is an idiot, Trump says misogynist, homophobic, racist things, well, how would playing that message not be good if that's what you think his message is? See, everyone on the left and the media, they played those rallies and they played those press conferences because in their mind, in their elitist world, no one, no one after seeing Trump in this rally or this setting would ever vote for him. No one would ever vote for this guy while he's throwing water on stage, pretending he's Marco Rubio, or he's unbuttoning his pants and pretending he's stabbing himself like Carson. The media knew exactly what they were doing. In their minds, if they played these rallies or these interviews in its entirety, and let, guys, don't let them BS you. Don't let Jake Tapper, that hack, and Bill Maher BS you. They all commented about the rally or the press conference after it was over. So if Chris Matthews on MSNBC ran the rally and it went longer than the hour, whoever followed him would pick it up and they would have a panel discussing what they just saw. And if it didn't go longer than the program, Matthews would have a panel discussing what they just saw. And they would say, oh, my God, I can't believe he said this. Oh, my God, I can't believe he said that. That was so racist. That was so, uh, you know, homophobe. That He's just a, a demagogue. Oh, my God. So when Hack Tapper and Bill Maher are like, well, you know, uh, playing his rallies in its entirety, maybe, maybe yeah, I guess that, that, that didn't help. What are you talking about? That was your, your, your grand scheme. I mean, that, that was the whole concept of why Hillary Clinton would basically go into hiding for a week. Because the concept was Trump would do a rally, he would step on his junk, and then the next two, three, four days would be a news cycle of, oh, my God, can you believe Trump said this? Oh, my God, what a buffoon. Oh, my God, what a clown. Oh, my God. So why have Hillary out there where she has to share the headlines with Trump trying to stab himself with a, you know, with an imaginary knife or whatever, giving out Graham's phone number. I know that was early in the primary, but uh, please, there was enough crazy stuff during the general. 
can't wrap their brains around half the country, even more than half the country. Because don't forget, there's what, 30%, 35% of the population, of the of age population that don't vote. And it's my opinion that those 30 to 35% that don't vote skew more conservative, more Republican than liberal. I think right now liberals have exactly what they're going to have. They play their woman card. They play their, their you know, uh, race card. They, they, they jet, trans whatever card. I think they are everybody that would pretty much vote Democrat is, is there. Republicans, conservatives, non-Democrats, that's the electorate that has room to grow. Remember, we were told there wasn't enough white people, to ev- not just Trump, that could ever vote a Republican in. That's why a Republican had to be for amnesty. He had, you know, he had to be for all. He had to be for gay marriage. He had to be for amnesty. He had to be for, uh, you know, Bruce Jenner being Caitlyn Jenner and winning a trophy over a, a dying cancer girl basketball player. We were told all those things. So you always had this milk toast Republican, this. Mitt Romney or this this Kane. And they were wrong. They were wrong. So I think as far as Republicans or non, I don't like to say Republicans because you have so many different, you know, Republicans, Tea Partiers, conservatives, alt-righters. You got all these non-Democrats, okay? How's that? Non-progressives. We've got a lot of room to grow. We've got a lot of room to grow. So for Democrats, it's, it's hard for them to get their brains wrapped around. Not everybody in this country believes everything they believe. I mean, you hear them as it pertains to abortion. You hear the women as it pertains to abortion. If you're a woman and you didn't vote for Hillary Clinton then you're a low-life scumbag. You're, a, you're a, a race trader. You're a gender trader. If you are a woman and you're against abortion, you're a scumbag. You're a low-life. You're garbage. In liberals' minds, in, in women liberals' minds, they can't fathom that there would be a woman that would be against abortion. They can't fathom that. Just like they can't fathom that a woman voted for Donald Trump. They, 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 they can't wrap their brain around it. That's why Hack Tapper and Bill Maher are like, so what do you think happened? How did Trump win? Well, we shouldn't have ran his rallies. That, that was the reason? That was the reason. Okay, all right. All right, all right. And as long as they keep, listen, and as long as they keep believing that, and I, and I know 
listen, I know my uh, my my non-Democrats, my my. Tw- See, you got to break it into two things because there's non-Democrats who are also never Trumpers. Remember, there was I don't even millions. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's too generous, but there was an awful lot of vocal Republicans who said, you know what, I'd rather have Hillary Clinton than Donald Trump. Now, thankfully, we outnumbered them. Thankfully, we outnumbered the people that said, I hate Trump so much. I've never voted for a Democrat, but I'm going to vote for Hillary. Thankfully, those of us who said, I don't care if, if, if Trump drops his pants and takes a big dump on the stage, I will still vote for him over Hillary Clinton. Still vote for him. So I, I know right now everything seems rocky because you've got a lot of people in Congress. And, you know, we, we, we gave the example with John McCain. You've got a lot of people in Congress. You, you got a lot of career politicians that despise Trump, even, even their own party. They despise Trump, and they want him gone. Remember, you've got guys and women been doing what they've been doing for 10, 20, 30 years. They started at the age of 21. They, they went to college, uh, you know, political science. They, they went to law school. They've said everything that you're supposed to say to get you uh, into the political stratosphere, so to speak. They, they've crafted a message. I mean, they've done, they, they've done everything. Everything you're supposed to say everything you're supposed to do, every, how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to dress, how you're supposed to talk. They've done it. They've done all of that. And here comes Donald Trump, who goes against everything that they were taught. Everything that they were taught. And not wins the governor, not wins the senator, not wins the congressman. Mayor, he wins the presidency. You know how pissed off? You know how beyond pissed off people in Washington are? Because let's not forget, because of that, it has now opened the doors for other non-politicians to go, hmm, maybe I could run. You understand something. What Washington wants more than ever is for the Donald Trump experiment to go away. They want the Trump experiment to just go away. They want it to go away. They want it to be a huge failure. So it scares away every other non-politician from ever running again. Don't forget. What Trump did was destroy the political career of Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush was supposed to be the one to face 
Hillary Clinton. Gone. Jeb Bush will never run again. He will always be low energy Jeb. He, he will always be the guy that was Trump's whipping post. He'll always be that guy. Marco Rubio, yeah, I know he's young, but he's always going to be little Marco. Always going to be little Marco. Ted Cruz is always going to be Lion Ted. One hand on the Bible, one hand raised high in the air. Lion Ted is always going to be that guy. So Trump shattered, shattered these guys' dreams and hopes and aspirations and 20 years in the making. And then people like John McCain that got to the big show but choked and lost and were humiliated. This kills these guys. So if they could just get Trump out of there, if, if they could just get him out of there, just, just get him out of there. Tell all the people that voted for him, you messed up. You should have listened to us. We told you he was, you know, horrible and he was corrupt and he was a scumbag and he just wasn't a politician. In this position, you need a politician. That's why all of us have been doing this for 20 and 30 and 30, 40 years. There, there's, there's, there's training. There's all of this stuff. All of it. So they want Trump gone. By any means. They're fine with Pence. Democrats are fine with Pence. Everybody is fine with everybody but Trump. And they're going to do everything in their power to get rid of them. Everything. So the feeling you get where you're like, oh my God, every every news broadcast is, is a Trump humiliated. I mean, the Washington Post, that Horrible, horrible woman, Jennifer Rubin. Her head, Trump, humiliated by Comey. I don't know about that. It was, it was Jim Comey playing, you know, word mashup again. That's what everybody does. But let's get to that. That's the polls. There's our opening monologue, I guess you could say. Quick break. And then I want to, let's then jump into Comey. Let's just jump into Comey real quick. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's Bill Clinton talking about Monica Lewinsky, talking about he never lied. And this goes good. Remember- but I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false. 
and I need to go back to work for the American people. Thank you. Remember, Bill Clinton was the quintessential, you know, word salad president. What is the definition? You know, what is the definition of is? I didn't have sexual relations. I didn't have sex with her. I didn't. Well, well, a fellatio is not sex. Ejaculating in a girl's face on her dress isn't sex. Look at the definition of what sex is. So, Bill Clinton was the 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 king, the quintessential king of word mashup. So, Comey testifies today. Now, I caught most of it. I mean, in and out. I mean, I know this is what I do, and I have to stay informed, but sometimes you got to break away and, you know, take the newborn for a walk in the park. You got to make formula. Then you go to the bathroom, make a little exercise. So I, I caught most of it. And yet, what did we learn? Seriously, what did we learn? Because depending on what side you are, it, it was, oh, my God, can you? But like I said, Jennifer Rubin, that watched him. Donald Trump was humiliated by James Comey. <gasps> and, you know, I, I didn't see it that way. I, I seen that they played word games. And... Just and it was and there's a strategy to it. That's why. Remember. Just just remember, when Trump tweeted two weeks ago, and I said it before Spicer or even Trump did the Tucker Carlson show and said, "Listen, wiretapping can be a lot of things." I said before, if. You follow Trump. If, if you are a, a, not even necessarily a Trump supporter, just somebody who understands Trump, you knew exactly what he meant. Looking like OJ the night he killed <laughs> Nicole Brown there, ski mask and the gloves. You know, oh, but he wasn't breaking into the White House or breaking into uh, Trump Tower and, and putting little wire, <laughs> you know, surveillance. That, that's not what Trump was meaning. It's not what he was meaning. And if you've followed Trump for the last 15, 16, 17 months, two years practically, you know that's not, you, you just know. So if you're a reporter or you're a, a journalist that is a legit reporter, a legit newsman, and you could give those tweets some context and, and actually decipher what you think or what Trump actually means, we would be having a different conversation 
I mean, it's just like not to get off the beaten path here. But when Trump tweeted out, uh, members of NATO owe us money. Oh, the media just... Jake Tapper did a whole 10-tweet thing. Let me explain to you why this is wrong. And but, but it's not. And if you've followed Trump for 16 months and or, and or two years, and you think like a normal person does, and, and, and an average person, the everyday person, those people that voted for Trump, those people that connect with Trump, you would understand that when we have alliances, and those alliances are supposed to pay, you know, 2% of their GDP, and for 5, 6, 7, 8, 10 years, they're only paying 1%, and Trump and his team come along and say, hey guys, you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay your fair share. Or we're not going to be putting in the money that we put in. You know, we're, we're going to have to do some things and rethink uh, the way we conduct ourselves. So when that person comes in and they're reframing the way NATO is run and they tweet, hey, you know, they, they, these countries owe us tons of money. Technically, layman to layman, that's right. Now, if you want to get into the weeds of what says in NATO and so forth and so on, you could play the technical game 100%. And it doesn't say that in NATO. But that average voter that, that gets Trump and voted for Trump, they understand when Germany hasn't been paying their fair share for 10 years, they owe us. Now, are we going to get money? Probably not. You know, are we going to get uh, some, some German beer? Yeah, probably not. But technically, they owe us. They, technically, they owe us. If you've been following Trump for two years, you understand Trumpism. You understand when he says, oh, there's just thousands of people, thousands of people. He was huge, huge, thousands of people. Well, Trump, we only counted uh, 1,658 people in our way of logic and thinking, that doesn't constitute thousands. So, you're a liar. And that's, you know, that's what we have to go through. When Trump says, going to make a big, beautiful door, a big, gorgeous, beautiful door in the middle of this wall. Maybe I'll put gold on the top. Instantly, instantly what's debated, well, Trump said there was going to be a beautiful door. Trump said there was going to be gold on top of that door. Look, he lied. 
fire. Okay, he has no credibility. He had... So that's how Trump is covered. Now people could say, well, he's a president of the United States. The president of the United States has to be precise. The president of the United States, his words uh, have meaning. And when he tweets, the president of the United States, well, guess what? We have an unconventional president. We have somebody that beat an establishment with half the money. Because people didn't vote for the same old, same old. So you can't an unconventional president. You can't have somebody that breaks the mold of every president before. And then go, oh, but he has to be held to the way we cover or the way, uh, you know, W was or Reagan was or Clinton was. No. You, you can't look at it that way. An unconventional businessman was elected president of the United States. The American people voted unconventional businessman to be president of the United States. You then can't go and put him in a conventional box. And when he does something unconventional, play well, he said this, and this is what it means, and that's wrong. You, you can't do that. Now, if he was a conventional politician, okay, but he's not. He ran as an unconventional, but he ran as the me and you candidate. He ran as the guy that you would hang out with at a bar or the guy that you would hang out with at a Christmas or your best friend sitting in the basement of your furnished house, your man cave. So your your wife and kids are upstairs and they don't come downstairs because this is where you play darts and foosball with your buddy. He's that guy. So as soon as those tweets went out, I knew, I knew we were going to be where we were because the minute he did it, the media ran with the exact wording. And as long as they ran with the exact wording, they can get around all the obvious evidence that Trump was under surveillance by the Obama administration. You could get around all all the news articles from the New York Times to the Washington Post that talked about wiretapping. Because as long as those articles and as long as James Comey could reference Obama and wiretapping, as long as that was the frame we were talking about, Everybody was in the clear. So you have to listen to exactly what Comey said today. Because, of course, the media is going, like I said, with the Jennifer Rubin column in Washington Post. Trump humiliated. But all Comey said, and let me quote exactly what Comey said. With respect to the president's tweets 
I have no information that supports those tweets. And we have looked carefully inside the FBI. The Department of Justice has no information that supports those tweets. See how Comey kept saying there's a reason for that. Because the media, the Democrats, everybody who hates Trump on the right side keeps referencing the tweets. And those tweets said, and we'll replay them real quick. Terrible. Just found out that Obama had my wires tapped. What the hell is wires tapped? I mean, just that phrase is kooky. I mean, just that phrase is kooky. But remember, the way they go after Trump is they say, okay, this is what he said, exactly what he said, even if the information... You know, it's kind of like when, when, when you're telling somebody about, you're telling a story. And you're like, yeah, and then I seen uh, Dan Savage over at the, uh, at the bank, and he was telling me what's going on. And, you know, you know Dan, you know, the big guy who's in, uh, 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 you know, the, the finance office at the department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Dan. So, and then that person goes, I don't know a Dan Savage in the finance department. I know a Frank Savage in the finance department. Big guy. Now, if that's who you're talking about, uh, you're wrong with the And you go, you know, okay, stop. You know what I mean? It's that. It's, it's that word games that are going on. So Trump says, terrible, just found out the Obama, that Obama had my wires tapped in Trump Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. This is McCarthyism. And then the second tweet, is it legal for a sitting president to be wiretapping? In quotes, a race for president prior to an election? Turned down by court earlier, a new low. And then the last tweet, it'd be a good, I bet a good lawyer could make a great case out of the fact that President Obama was tapping my phones in October just prior to the election. So, those three tweets are what Comey was referencing. Two weeks ago, it started with Hat Tapper and Wolf Blitzer and Chris Matthews and all the likely suspects, they were referencing these tweets. And as long as nobody said, yes, Obama put on gloves and he put on a ski mask and snuck in the Trump Tower, then everybody was home free. Remember, as it pertains to Obama, He is disconnected, disconnected from the administration and him as president. So, 
during his eight years, any bad thing happened. Any bad thing. Department in his administration, but Obama wasn't responsible. Even though every single past Republican president, it was always their fault. No matter what happened, it was always that president's fault because it happened in their administration. So in turn, it's their fault. You know, we talked about the Yemen raid. The Yemen raid was Trump's fault. Trump planned it. Trump organized it. Trump counted the men. He got the helicopter. He did all those things. But as it pertains to Obama, rather it's Fast and Furious, you have a federal agent that was killed, the IRS scandal. Our soldiers being kidnapped by the the Iranians, making them cry and beg and humiliate them on camera. All of those things aren't Obama, Benghazi. I mean, just think about that. Benghazi got straddled on Hillary Clinton. Now, granted, she was a secretary of state, and we all know the story, but Obama was, like, completely, like, nowhere, like, it was like, hey, you're a secretary of state. It's on you. Think about it. The media, no one focused on Obama as far as Benghazi, no one. That's his State Department. Those are his people. Susan Rice, that's his person. Everybody is Imagine if, if that same scenario was Trump. Oh, jeez. And you get a taste of one with the young raid. So when Trump says, Obama had my wires tapped, that means the Obama administration. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean Obama with a ski mask going to Trump Tower and surveillancing and, 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 and doing what you do to surveil someone. Trump meant the Obama administration. And everybody knows that. I mean, the media is going to push and and pretend Trump is this crazy nut job. And I guess, as they say, hindsight is uh, 2020. If Trump was a conventional politician and wasn't Trump, which is hard to play this game because if this was the case, Trump wouldn't have won. But if he was a conventional candidate, Trump would have been precise, meaning Trump would have said, just found out the Obama administration 
had me under surveillance just before the victory. Nothing found. This is McCarthyism. Now, now, if Trump would have said that, we wouldn't be dealing with this because James Comey said today, uh, yeah, go back to July. We've been investigating Russian hacking. We've been investigating Trump ties to, to, to Russia. So James Comey today said that they've been looking into connections with Russians and uh, members of the Trump team. But all you're hearing today is Trump was humiliated. Why? Because Trump said, Obama had my wires tapped. And the media goes, Obama, ski mask, gloves, with a, you know, bug. And if Trump would have just said, terrible, just found out the Obama administration had me under surveillance just before the victory. Be a whole new ball game. Not saying the Democrats and the never Trumpers would uh, be letting up. Because they're never going to let up. But it'd be a whole new ball game. Because then Comey and Rogers had to have said yes. Because Trump used very specific language, the media for the last two weeks have been able to play on that specific language. Obama wiretap. And with Trump, everything is going to be literal. Everything. And you don't see anybody in the media picking up on this. The only thing you're hearing is Trump humiliated. <gasps> oh. Trump, let's see, what, let, go to the CNN headline. What's CNN right now say? Comey delivers blow to Trump's credibility. You see just how different everything would be if Trump would have said. Just found out that the Obama administration has had me under surveillance or under investigation before the victory. Nothing found. This is McCarthyism. Is it legal for a sitting president to have his administration put a candidate for the other party under surveillance prior to the election? Uh, You know, 
if Trump would have said it like that, then Trump is right. Because when James Comey says, I director, uh, okay, wait a minute, my bad. Let me get no. I got my got I got all of my notes up here. I wanted to give you because I wanted to give you the CNN. I want to be, you know, I want to be exact. So if Trump would have done that, then we'd be talking about different stuff because everybody is referencing. With respect to the president's tweets, I repeat, with respect to the president's tweets, I have no information that supports those tweets. And we have looked carefully inside FBI Comey, or inside the FBI. The Department of Justice has no information that supports those tweets either. So, in just that, what what's he one sentence two in that two sentence comment james comey used the word tweets one two three so james comey used the word tweets three times to make the point to say no information that would back up the president or Obama wiretapped. And then Adam Schiff goes on and says, he said, if he thought the former president was involved, or if Obama could unilaterally authorize a wiretap against a U.S. citizen. And Comey says, all I could tell you is we have no information that supports them, meaning the tweets. No individual can direct the surveillance of anyone. It has to go through a judge. So, again, they are referencing the tweets. They're not referencing what obviously was going on, which was the FBI was looking into Russian hacking and members of the Trump team colluding with Russians. That means people were being investigated. That means people that are part of the Trump team were being investigated. So Trump was 100% correct. And that's why, again... You're seeing everybody talking about the tweets. Because as long as you're focusing on the tweets, 
then Trump is wrong. And if you're saying Obama wiretapped, if you're saying that, And you're focusing on that literal tweet. Then you could say Trump is wrong. And one of the other aspects that came out of the Comey testimony that goes along with the whole tweet conversation. Gaudi asked Comey about the investigation with Michael Flynn. He asked about the investigation with Michael Flynn. And he said, Comey, did you brief President Obama on any calls involving Michael Flynn? And Comey said, I'm not going to get into either that case or any conversations I had with the president. Now, Rewinding and the Justice Department are investigating Michael Flynn and they have him on a wiretap. They have him on a recorded phone call. Of course, that information is going to get to the president. Of course. If you change a little of the Trump wording around, the Trump team was being surveilled during the campaign. Of course. If the FBI says they were investigating Trump associates and people that were part of the Trump team and Russians, then this is going on during the primary. The general, and I say primary because you're talking about Russian hacking and they're talking about Roger Stone and WikiLeaks. And if Comey says they started their investigation in July, then that would be the primaries. And the funny thing with that is, Obama even said, he even said, they knew about uh, the attempts To the point where Obama, when he saw Putin in China, said, knock it off. 
So they knew then. But remember, Hillary was supposed to win. Hillary was supposed to win, and Trump was being a big, whiny crybaby. And he was making up excuses for when he lost to keep his brand strong. So he didn't look like a loser. But it's funny, this whole testimony today, the only person that was giving any pushback was Trey Gowdy. That was it. It was just Trey Gowdy. That's all. Just Trey Gowdy. And the other thing that got lost was Gowdy saying, hey, do you know the name of the U.S. citizen that appeared in the New York Times and Washington Post who would have access to unmasked the name, which is referring to Flynn? Because remember, what everybody's saying is Flynn showed up on this, and they and they want to parse. They want to parse the verbiage here, not wiretap, but an intercept of the Russian ambassador, Sergey, Serge. I like calling him Serge. And what's supposed to happen is when an American citizen accidentally heard on a intercept, their name is supposed to be hidden, supposed to be shielded, supposed to be covered. Nobody's supposed to know that name. Nobody's supposed to know who that person is. But remember, that transcript got leaked to the Washington Post and the New York Times. Flynn got leaked to the Washington Post and the New York Times. And somebody did that. Somebody that had access to that information leaked that transcript and Flynn's name. All of this went down before Trump was in office. And Gowdy said, would Obama employees Would Obama cabinet members have access to that information? Would they have been able to do the un... He said Ben Rhodes, Loretta Lynch, Sally Yates. He said somebody unmasked Flynn, unmasked the transcripts, 
and leaked them to the New York Times and the Washington Post. He said, who was the staffers? And again, this gets buried. This gets buried. The media is not focused on this. They're focusing on Trump said Obama wiretap. Comey said, in reference to the tweet, they found none of that evidence. And the other big news that came out was that no machines were messed with. Comey and Rogers said no machines are messed with. They're specifically asked if the Russians hacked the voting machines. Did they change votes? Did they make the votes in Michigan, in Florida, in Ohio? Did they make those votes switch from Hillary Clinton to Donald Trump? And Clapper and Rogers said no. Now, of course, that piece of news will get buried by the media. They will not focus on that. Because it kind of messes with their narrative, which is the Russians hacked the election. Remember, we're constantly told the Russians hacked the election. The Russians hacked the election. And when you hear that, the first thing you think of as it pertains to hacking is going in and changing votes. Because nobody with a a half a brain, (laughs) nobody with a half a brain goes, well, somebody's emails being exposed so people can read them. That's not hacking an election. That's not hacking election. That's crazy. That's just somebody's email account getting compromised. And their personal emails leaked. That's not hacking an election. Somebody says they hacked an election. First thing that comes to people's mind is, oh, they altered the outcome. When you hear the Russians hacked the 2016 election, you think they altered The outcome, 120 million people voted for Hillary Clinton, and the Russians went in and switched the machines to give Trump an electoral college win. That's what hacking an election is, not releasing somebody's email. So we found out today that the Russians did not hack the election. 
They did not change votes. And the Trump campaign did not collude with the Russians to hack and change votes. So that we found out. That was confirmed. And it was actually confirmed over the weekend last week when you had the assistant CIA director under the Obama administration say there's no evidence of Trump and and Trump's people colluding with the Russians to hack the election. He even broke down the dossier and how the dossier was garbage and was, was, you know, full of crap. And Brennan has even come out and said there's no colluding. So we found that out today. And of course, that will get buried. (laughs) They got to bury that stuff. You got to bury that stuff. You got to bury that stuff so you could have Things like Gloria Borger saying, today was the worst and most perilous day of Trump's young presidency. You know, I think if you take a step back for a minute, Wolf, you would have to say this is the worst and most perilous day of Donald Trump's young presidency. In this hearing over the last bunch of hours, we have seen the director of the FBI rebut Donald Trump directly. He said, first of all, there were no wiretapping by the former president of Trump Tower. He confirmed an investigation in the question of whether there was cooperation, as he put it, between Trump associates and the Russians. Now, remember, you're talking about Obama tapping my wires. If Trump would have phrased it differently, again, new ball game. Because if the FBI says, Well, yeah, they're investigating. They've been investigating. Because remember, this isn't new. I mean, this isn't new. We've all known that the FBI, the CIA, whoever, have been investigating the Russian hacking for months. I mean, this has been going on for months. This isn't some new information that we all got. This has been going on for months. For months. Months. So now, if Trump would have phrased the tweets, Comey acknowledged that Trump was right. So then Borsch goes on. Remember, you guys remember, this Gloria Borsch is the one that was emailing Podesta, calling him a TV star. Don't forget that. Borsch is is the big Podesta mark. He's in love with Podesta. Probably wants to go eat at the, the ping pong pizza place, too. She goes on. He said the fact that the U.K. corroborated in some kind of wiretap was wrong. 
And then he said there was no evidence of election machine hacking. And so all four of those points, you know, you would have to say, well, Sean Spicer said that nothing has changed, I think was his quote. I think a lot has changed. After this hearing today, David Nunez put it, and I think he's right, a cloud is hanging over the Trump administration right now. And they're going to have a hard time figuring out how to handle What cloud? What cloud? What cloud? No machines were hacked. So that Democrat narrative is blown to hell. And the wiretapping and surveillance are, are pretty much interchangeable, like I said. The media could play the game of Obama wiretap, but just change Obama administration and surveillance. And everything Trump said was proven correct. But that's the headline. That's Gloria Borsh. Borsh. Uh, all right, listen to me. It's Rob Scary. It's Rob Scary Show. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. I mean, right back. Okay? Right back. Well, we might be more than a minute, but we'll be right back. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll be right back. Oh, go hit the hit the thing. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari's show. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. Um, what the hell is the t- our? T- I know it sounds so stupid. Our what's our Twitter handle? Uh, at Rob Zakari's show. At Rob Zakari's show. You can also uh, follow us on 
um, Facebook. You can always follow us on Facebook. And you'll love it there and you'll dig it and you'll like it and all that good stuff. So, anyways, it's Rob's Garage, Rob's Garage Show. All right. Uh, but you wanted to, okay, real quick. Just because we talked about it in the beginning of the show and uh, let's just hammer it. <laughs> let's just hammer it. Let's just hammer uh, Tommy uh, Lauren. All right. So remember, okay, just remember. I told you guys uh, weeks ago that Tommy. Tommy, whatever her name is, Lauren, was made up. She's fake. She, 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 she's not real. That's why when she would go on Trevor Noah, he would destroy her, smack her up. When she went on Bill Maher, he destroyed her. And they smacked her up. Because she's, well, a Blaze creation, but I put it in the, um, in, in the framing of a Fox creation. Remember, this all got started. We kind of broke this down with the whole Milo thing. So Milo made his appearance on Bill Maher. And liberals lost their mind. They, they freaked. Because Milo stood his ground, diffused the situation, and actually flipped the script and came out looking really good. Now, granted, a few days later, uh, the whole controversy about the gay pedophilia kind of upended all the happiness and (laughs) celebration. Uh, that Milo got for making Bill Maher um, not look bad, but not look like um, uh, he looks when he has Tony, uh, Lauren, or Pierce Morgan, or any of the other Republicans that go on there and get the hell beat out of them. And so we broke it down and said, listen, this is what happens when you have a... uh, a legit right-winger, a a legit conservative. Now, rather they're acting or they're not, they're polished. (laughs) They're good. Uh, For the most part, they believe what they're selling. And I said uh, that Tommy Lauren... Is fake. It's it's like when Roger Ailes at Fox came up with the brilliant idea and said, I need to have the hottest, most attractive women that can read off a teleprompter or do news or, uh, you know, weather, whatever. I, I just, I need, I need. You know, the hottest, most attractive uh, journalism majors, half-ass reporters. What I, I need them. You give me them, 
I will make stars. I will make stars. And that's what Ailes did. He made stars out of women talking conservative. Now, he wasn't the only one that kind of came up with that gimmick because there are conservative women that do the gimmick without Roger Ailes. I reference Dana LaDoish, Dana LaLash, whatever her name is, a lot. Take a picture of you with a gun, point it at the, you know, wherever. Talk a conservative, boom, you sell. Ann Coulter made it famous. Ann Coulter, I mean, granted, Ann Coulter is not like over the top attractive, but she's not ugly. I mean, she's no Rachel Maddow. You know, she's no Joanne Reed. You got to admit, on a scale of 1 to 10, going against Reed or Maddow or Joan Walsh, Coulter's like a 10 and a half <laughs> to them at about 2, maybe a negative. It depends. I mean, just imagine Maddow naked. Just standing there, just naked, just looking at you, <laughs> licking her lips. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. So Coulter kind of perfected it back in the days of politically incorrect with Bill Maher on ABC. So Tommy Lauren. It's no different. Now, remember, The Blaze. That's Glenn Beck's disaster of a network. Remember when Glenn Beck was the craze of conservative talk back in, what, 2010, 2011? He was on Fox, or he was on CNN, and then he was on Fox, or vice versa. And he's like, I'm so big and I'm so popular. I'm going to do my own show. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to charge people and I'm going to be like the next Oprah. I'm going to be the white male conservative Oprah. People are going to pay $10. I'm going to be Howard Stern. People are going to pay $10 a month to listen to me and I'm going to build a studio. Okay. I think that lasted for. About two years. Success. Um, Yeah, I know he's still around, but every other day you read a story about the blaze and Glenn Beck's whole empire being on life support. So this Tommy Lauren was created by Glenn Beck and the crew at the blaze. Glenn Beck's got an ego. And Glenn Beck sees himself as a Roger Ailes. So they said, okay, let's get Tommy Lauren, have a read from a teleprompter, read from a script, and it'll be like just flamethrowing. Yeah, Muslims this, and, uh, you know, Obama that, and that. 
And what happened? She became the craze. She became the rave. 24-year-old girl talking about muzzies this and muzzies that and illegals this and illegals that. And you've seen her everywhere. And I said, it's not real. It's an act. It's an act. You know it's an act when she gets beaten up on Trevor Noah's show and she gets beaten up on Bill Maher. The legit right-wingers, the legit conservatives, the legit alt-righters, the legit non-democrats. They hold their own. They don't get bullied. They don't get bamboozled. They don't get schlonged. They do what Milo did. They do what Ann Coulter does. Even people like Dana LaDouche. You watch her get all riled up. Tammy Bruce. So you knew Lauren was BS. (laughs) You knew she was fake. All right? (laughs) You knew that. So she was on The View, and she uh, basically says, um, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-choice. And for conservatives to be all about keeping the government out of your, you know, your, 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 your lives and so forth and so on, I, 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 can't, I, I can't be a, can't be a I'm, I'll be a hypocrite. And she said that pro-choice, she said she's pro-choice, and then she called the pro-life conservatives hypocrites. And said, I can't sit here and be a hypocrite and say I'm for limited government, but I think the government should decide what women do with their bodies. And it was like, what? And Glenn Beck in the blaze. Suspended her. They suspended her. Now, again, you know, don't be surprised if eventually it comes out that this was all a big work. Don't be surprised if it doesn't come out this was all planned. That she was going to go on The View all along, and do that flip-flop. And suck in the Democrat. Remember, just remember, Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck's been doing that uh, for the last few months. Once Glenn Beck decided that he's going to do everything in his power to bury Trump, you know, put his face in Cheetos, just, just everything that he did. Once he decided that he was going to be against Trump, he was rolling the dice that Trump would lose. He would come out on top as the guy that said, I told you so. And he would play that 
middle-of-the-road Republican. That Republican then that could go on CNN and MSNBC and be like, I'm the sane Republican. And he could get people that he's already um, losing. Like he would get people to make up for the individuals that are already leaving his network and why he's in financial trouble and so forth and so on. So they say, what I read. Financial trouble, that is. Not my other theory. So that was Beck's, you know, uh, game plan. Well, when Trump won, all of a sudden Beck was on an island of his own. Because now anybody that was pro-Trump is not going to go back to Beck. So all those people, those millions of people that he alienated are now not coming back to him. And at the end of the day, no Democrat is going to embrace him. He tried. Remember, he went on Samantha Bee's full frontal. And he did some other, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know, liberal show. And it didn't work. So don't be surprised if he didn't concoct this whole shtick with uh, Tommy just to kind of get some some heat, try to get some 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 views, some eyeballs, something. Something. Get some excitement for the blaze. Because they didn't fire her. They suspended her. She's suspended for a week. And now everybody's talking about it. Everybody's writing about it. You have liberals that are coming to her defense. But I always told you it was fake. I always told you guys that. She wasn't real. It was all a work. It's Rob Zakari. <laughs> it's the Rob Zakari show. We'll be right back after these spectacular words. Yes. Yeah.
appreciate the more. Thank you, Lord, when they keep us safe, when they keep us safe. You know they make America a better place. We love our cops, our law enforcement. We love our military and our enforcement. Hoorah! We love our cops, our law enforcement. We love our military. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, Rob Scary, Rob Scary Show. I got so many people uh, emailing me and asking me, what, what, Rob, you got to talk more about the Comey connection. You got to talk. I said, what? What, what? what to talk about? Look what they're, why, why would Comey do, why would he say this? Take a look at the the Washington Post. Look what the Washington Post says. And they sent me the Washington Post article that says FBI chief confirms probe of possible coordination between Kremlin and Trump campaign. I said, well, what? <laughs> what, what, what do you, what do you want to know? What would say? What do you want to know? Is he part of the deep state? Of course, of course he is. Of course he, of course. I, of course. Of course. To be able to have headlines and have people on the left say uh, the Trump campaign was under criminal investigation during the campaign and voters are never told. Of course. Remember when everybody said, oh, Comey. Comey, he's, a, he's for Republicans. He's for... Re- yeah, no, like... It's... Listen, at the end of the day, Comey is for anyone that's not Trump. Remember what I said in the beginning of this show. I'll say it again. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again. When you have people that have been trying... For 10, 20, 30 years to become president, become a governor, become a senator. And some guy, some brash, big mouth businessman walks off the street and and basically destroys every politician that has been doing it for 20, 30, and 40 years. Destroys them. With a war chest of no money and has the support, the, um, the voter support that rivals Obama, literally rivals Obama. That happens. You're going to get resistance. Everywhere. 
not just opposite party, but you're going to get resistance from your own party. You're going to get resistance from your own party. That is a fact. And all Comey's doing is making sure that Trump gets even more bloody than he is, make sure him governing is more difficult than it already is, and should they be able to tie something, they can get him out, and Comey's the hero. Comey's the hero to everybody that's in the beltway. That's what's going on. All right, listen to me. It's Rob Zagari. It's Rob Zagari Show. You guys are the best. You guys are the greatest. Uh, we're out of here, okay? We're gone for tonight. It's over. It's finished. It's closing time. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 7 p.m. Don't go uh, away sad. Don't go away grumpy. We'll be there. We'll be here. And hopefully we have some some surprises tomorrow. Hopefully. See you then. Bye. Closing.